I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about data centers. We're chatting about what a data center does, uh, what to look for before going into one, and how to assess the benefits to your business. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how you can safeguard your key server infrastructure in a data center. Uh, I'm joined by Bradley Janssen van Rensburg from Ultra Data Center. Brad, welcome. Hi, Jakub. Thanks for hosting me. So, uh, you know, we always start by uh, just telling us telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm... The short version. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been in uh, computers, IT, my entire professional career. I wasn't sure what I wanted to study in, in varsity. So I started working straight out of school and ended in junior, junior uh, assistant to the junior technician. Um, and then worked my way up through the company and then figured out how useless it was to actually get a tertiary education in IT. The rate of change is so quick getting the, a diploma that they, they wrote the material in the 80s or the 90s just doesn't make sense. Um, and I ended up focusing on disaster recovery, business continuity, um, copy of last resort, and helping businesses be as resilient as possible, especially when it comes to disaster recovery. And I've been with Ultra Data Center since the beginning of last year, and it's a relatively new data center, which we establishing and taking to market. Okay, thank you for that. How long have you been in the game, Brad? Uh, 20... 22 years now 22 years So um, I mean I assume 15, 10 years ago Even uh, Disaster recovery Wasn't That much In the forefront Because uh, it, it it's quite difficult And expensive uh, uh, To me My perception is In the last Let's say 5 years It, it hotted up a little bit well, you know, as, as soon as, com- as soon as IT and computers and mainframes became business critical, like you couldn't function without them, then you needed a plan if something happened to them. So, uh, good disaster recovery principles, I would say go back to the mainframe days, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as you could afford a mainframe and then became dependent on it in the 80s or 90s, then you started to think, well, what happened if something happened to it now? Because we can't do our month-end processing or we can't do transactions with other banks. Or there's something critical that we just can't do by hand anymore. So what do we do if something happens? And and I think that's when disaster recovery started to come into the forefront, where a company would buy a mainframe, for example, and then share it between five or six different clients. So okay. your backup it doesn't have to be twice the price; it could be 120 percent of the price, for example. Okay. okay. So okay, so let's get straight into it. So give us your version of what what a data center does or what it brings to market. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question because you know I often just talk to people and I tell them uh, I'm I'm in data centers. We've we've got a data center in Pretoria West, and then and then they ask me what a data center is. You know, you just take it for granted that that people understand. So over a braai or maybe at a at a at a restaurant, the way that I would talk about what a data center is is if you put your stuff in the cloud. That needs to be in a data center somewhere. It's nice to talk about the cloud, but nothing actually sits in the air. It's on the, in the ground in a special location, purpose for built for 
computers and to host servers and everything that we do online is sitting in a data center somewhere. So the banking that we do, the movies that we stream, if we go on YouTube, if we go on social media, the news that we get, um, our, all of our insurance information, our medical information, all of this stuff is sitting at a data center somewhere and it's a purpose built facility for hosting lots of computers all at the same time and keeping them up, keeping them safe. So what would that purpose-built facility look like? Well, it's they're different sizes. So um, probably on the bottom end, right at the bottom in a small company, they'd have a little server sitting under a desk somewhere. Uh, it might be a PC yeah. um, instead of a proper server. We still see some of those, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so you sort of see those server tower boxes that sit in under someone's desk or in a storage cupboard somewhere. Uh, then it starts to move up into network cabinets or racks where you have multiple servers stacked on top of each other. So if you get five or six in a rack, um, a company, sometimes they convert like a, a a room under the stairs into their server room into their data center and then it gets uh, bigger as you have more and more processing so uh, back in the day in the mainframes it was very special room uh, special cooling requirements very high power requirements so it was a special room somewhere in the facility and these days because uh, connectivity is getting cheaper and cheaper and it's easier to not be in the same building as your servers uh, they're often very large facilities from the outside. They might look like a big warehouse or a distribution facility. Um, the thing that might be different is you might lo- notice a lot of generators along the side of the building. Obviously, you can't have power outages. So generally, from the outside, it's, it won't look different to a big warehouse or a distribution facility. But when you get inside, then it's a very different type of facility. So, and you've, you've sort of preempted now my next question, uh, where I was wanting to say, uh, because, um, and I, I think the way that you open the conversation, uh, data center is quite topical at the moment. Uh, like you say, every, the, the press talks about it a lot. I'm not sure if everybody understands what it does. So, so um, let's take a step back. So, so pre these mainstream data centers, if you want to call it that, what did companies used to do? So, right, uh, there's, there's actually a very good movie uh, called Hidden Figures, uh, which is it's quite great, and it's also about women empowerment, which is quite interesting. Uh, the original computers were actually people, so people that would compute a lot of data and a lot of information. Um, Historically, it would often fall on under f- women that were very good at mathematics and there wouldn't be a lot of opportunities in other areas. So okay. um, the NASA computer room was a room full of mostly ladies that were doing a lot of calculating and processing and things like that. Uh, and then they got their first IBM mainframe. So you can see it's gen- generally like a white room. It's a raised floor because there's stuff happening under the floor. There's cabling and and liquid cooling and things like that happening underneath the floor and then a big box in the in the white room in the middle of a building and in the beginning when you you had your computer systems you needed to be close to them 
So it was very expensive to to get these uh, links between buildings, and then um, very difficult to send a lot of information between those links. So a lot of big companies, the big insurance companies, big banks, um, financial services types of companies, mines that had a lot of data, a lot of information that they need to process. They had a, a room somewhere in their building for it. Uh, if you and think about smaller, a big corporate in the smaller space. In the in a smaller space, like I said, it's usually the cupboard under the stairs is like a Harry Potter situation. So they'll find a room somewhere, um, get a, a cabinet or a network uh, rack, and put their computer kit in it, and then so in the in the normal office space they would somewhere in, in their normal space there's like a side room somewhere yeah. at uh, the the RT. Department guy. go in every now and then. A problem problem with those rooms, um, and then they'll put an air conditioner in there. Obviously, computers generate a lot of heat, so you need to deal with that heat somehow. Um, the problem with those rooms is they then they become storage rooms. So people put boxes there, they put cables, a IT kit that needs to be deployed goes there. Um, because it's hidden in the back room somewhere, it becomes very messy. They don't care about how the cables are, are patched together and becomes like a bit of a rat's nest. So that's what most companies do. And then sometimes uh, for weeks or months, no one will go in there. Until something happens, until something goes wrong, an aircon failed, or there's a problem with the UPS, or something's happened. Well, UPS, if you're lucky, yeah, if you're in lucky, in a room like that, yeah. So, so, um, <clears throat> so it used to be sort of let's call it in-house function where whenever I moved into an office space, I would then make a little where space, the computer's space going to go. for that. Yeah. And then, and then you've got the the general problems that didn't go with that. So, for example, if they break in. Uh, that's probably one of the first things that go. Yeah. Um, and if we find well, ourselves the, in I mean, the resale value would be nothing compared to what you paid for. Never mind the value of your data and everything. You know, it'll get a few cents on the, on the rand for the actual computer kit. I'll maybe get a few, a bit of metal and stuff out of it. But yeah, yeah it but looks, it looks it. valuable. Yeah. Yes. And, they'll, and they'll grab it. Yeah. And, and in, and in the next problem that you then have is, is, um, if your, if your office, uh, doesn't have a generator when there's load shedding You've got yes. problems. So UPS, uh, uninterrupted power supply, um, used to handle intermittent load shedding, but it also cleans your power. So weird spikes and drops and brownouts, um, computer kit doesn't like that. So it also makes sure it's nice and clean. And then to, ex- to survive an extended outage, four hours, six hours, a load shedding type of schedule, you're probably going to need a generator to keep everything on. Okay, so I think every uh, potential business owner that's ever bought a server in their life understand exactly what we're talking about now. It's, uh, it, I think historically it used to be a necessity, but it's one of the most nonsensical things that you can do is because you take premium office space and block it off so that you can host a server and then the additional hidden cost that, that then yep. goes with that in terms of um, in terms of doing that, and like you're saying, security and and, yeah. and generally they do it badly. You know, yeah. it's quite it's a very specialized type of thing. You know, so in between IT and facilities management, so your IT manager is probably not going to be good at running a server room, and your facilities manager 
probably won't be good at building a room specific for IT. So it's this weird in-between space where it's quite unique, it's quite specific. The skills are very rare, and finding the right experts in the field can be difficult. Redundancy is extremely expensive, so having two or three of everything so there's not one thing that will bring down your systems. And then ongoing preventative maintenance, so important how you monitor it, the type of uh, ways that you make sure that your equipment is properly maintained. And then we haven't even spoken about um, fire risk. Oh, yes. Fire flooding, uh, both very big risk for computers. Uh, Fire is probably one of the most devastating things that can happen in a data center and in in a computer room space. thing about fire um, is actually the, the physical room that it happens in doesn't need to be affected. Um, I, I've had clients that have invoked their disaster recovery where they didn't even have a fire in their building. There was a fire three buildings down and all the – and then emergency services were often cordoned it off. But the suit and the smoke and all those emissions and sediments and stuff will come into your building and – Sometimes it can be weeks before you can occupy it again, and that gets into your computer kit. So the air quality is a problem as well. Um, yeah, but centralizing your um, electronics and then often putting some plastic and some storage and other things into your a central boxes in your room, room that's out of the room, out of the way somewhere. It's a, always a big fire risk for for your okay. building. So that's so that's almost like uh, that was a little bit of the prehistory, and and I, I think we can all agree that, like I say, any anybody that's that's worked in a business know knows exactly what you're talking about that that dark little room that uh, has buckets and mops and bo- empty boxes and all kinds of stuff oh and that's a that's another thing when we're talking preventative maintenance so even cleaning a data center is a, is a specialized type of thing so, you know why um well the the com- the equipment in there is very sensitive i've i know a couple of it managers who've been given warnings or uh, even lost their jobs because the room was put open, a cleaner went in, unplugged something to put in a vacuum cleaner, or it's a room that no one goes into, so the cleaner likes to go there to have their coffee and they plug in a, a kettle. So even cleaning the data center can be a problem. The static is is an issue, and you have to be extremely careful. You can't just wipe it with a damp cloth sort of thing. Okay. So okay, so I think every business that uh, anybody that, that has worked in any business knows exactly sort of what we're talking about, unless you worked uh, your whole life for a Bang, um, and then I assume then um, people then saw the opportunity then to have a, a specialist uh, facility where um, all of these services would uh, would would be offered. So, what are the the benefits that a data center offers to a business? So, I suppose the, the main benefit is. Because it's their core business, it's not something that they've had to do as a side. Uh, they can afford the the expertise, the specialists that you need to do it right. Uh, on a large data center build, there could be quite a few billion rands worth of construction. There could be 30 specialists, 40 specialists, even more, um, getting into the nuances of how you're cooling, how you handle power, how you're cleaning that power, what sort of backup redundancy, your generator experts, fire experts. Um, how do you, what are your leak ri- risks? What are the geographical risks? Obviously, if they're natural disasters and things like that. So it becomes quite a, um, specialist type of field to do. So finding one company. 
company that has all of those specialists under one roof is, is quite useful. They can generally give you scale. So if you, you only have five servers in your environment now, but you bought some other companies and then you've got 50 or you're growing rapidly and you need more server space. So that ability to scale instead of you stuck in that one little room that you've put yourself. So being able to flex up and down as your capabilities change. And then a little, a little bit of, um, predictability, I think, in your cost. So you know, this is how much space I need. This is how much power. I need um, some extra services that you get in on top of it. It becomes a lot more predictable than we kind of have a black hole room in our building somewhere that, oh, now that UPS has gone, oh, the fire needs to be, uh, the fire, accidentally someone deployed the fire suppression. Can be a few hundred thousand rand to regas those, the fire suppression. So, um, or the aircon broke or the aircon yeah. broke. Um, so it, it can become like a bottomless hole where you keep trying to, keep this thing alive where it, it is a, a specialized services you know so okay. it's a it's a specialist type of thing to do and doing it yourself is generally not a good idea and now um if if i'm now sitting and listening to this um how will, what, what do i need to consider from my business perspective uh to decide to go into a data center well, I think always starting with your business strategy is a good idea. So to, are, are you moving offices? Are you staying in the same offices? Um, <clears throat> any corporate acquisition? Are you buying yourself from a bigger group? Are you being acquired by someone else? So how much flexibility? How much do you want to move? And then if you do decide that you want to outsource uh, the function in your company, uh, what I, I would probably start with a, a tour of the facility. You know, okay. it's... It should be a, a, a pretty long-term decision. If everything works well, then you can get that flexibility to scale, but then you can also get that stability and that you always know where your computer systems are. So you can move your offices a couple of times, but you know your core IT systems are always in the same place. And, so. and what you're saying to me then now um, uh, in, in our catalytic world – uh, for our customers is is quite prevalent because I think if there's um, one thing that the past two years have taught us is this sort of hybrid way of working. Uh, a, a, a lot of people look at the, at how they invest in, in office space um, differently. They might go to co-working spaces and stuff like that. But your so you can share the space where your people sit with other companies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but uh, your your core IT systems are still yours. You that's you need to demarcate that, and that, that's probably where yep. data centers are deal to. Yep. You. Yeah, maybe may one of the most stable parts of your business, you know. I think some, some people have servers that are 25 years old, and but they work and they keep running them, so some accounting system or a file system or something like that. So you do want that stability, uh, so it's a, this weird mix of stability and flexibility. I, w- I would start with a tour. Um, get a feel for the facility, um, the type of technologies that they're using, what sort of strategy and philosophy they have. If you you think you tie in with them, um, I would. What sort of customization options they have? If if you're a big company and you want your own hall, can you get that? If you're a small company and you only need a small space, like a quarter rack for your facilities, do you have that sort of flexibility? 
um, how well connected is the facility. So that's ah. another thing that's changed. Uh, if you if you centralize in all of your data centers, your computers into a central location, then all the connectivity has to has to come to you. And 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 um, I think you're touching on such an important point now, um, as opposed to trying to do something at your little office. To have connectivity redundancy becomes difficult and really expensive. Yes. Yeah. In a data center, connectivity is is part of the plumbing, if we can call it that. Generally, yeah. yeah. So. It, a good facility will have um, multiple connectivity options. Um, they should be independent, uh, so you, so you can negotiate with those connectivity partners to get the best rate. Um, and then you should be able to get a service from telecoms company A, a service from telecoms company B, take different routes down into my server, and then I know that even if the whole company goes down, I'm still going to have connectivity. That's quite difficult to do on your own location. Um so once you've got a feeling for the facility, um, the security, how they're doing their fire suppression, how they're doing their cooling, what sort of scale and efficiency they have, um, then I would get into the commercial. So it's, it's a long-term rental arrangement, you know, so it's mm-hmm. similar to finding an apartment, except it's finding an apartment for your computers for the next 10 years, for example. So I think take the time to go through the commercials, make sure you understand it right. Uh, as the price of electricity changes, how will that affect you? Does the price escalate or does it stay fixed for the, for the contract? What ability do you, do you have to get out of your strategy changes or reduce or, or expand? And then obviously price. So uh, uh, get into the nuances of understanding how the price works uh, so, because so, small little differences can make a, a big difference on your bill at the end of the month. Yes. You know? So so on that on that note, um, if if in in my books, if I listen to now what you're saying, um, I'm, uh, I always use the example in the show of um, I'm a small to medium enterprise uh, owner of our uh, owner accounting firm with branches in Joburg, Durban and Cape Town and um, so I'm, I'm in the accounting space I don't really know anything about this IT stuff or whatever, but I understand my systems need to be up and available um, if if I go on a tour um, what are the four or five things that I need to sort of look out for and tick a box so I would have a look at how how they've put the um, how they put the facility together um, so you you can get a feel for are they doing fire fire detection and suppression properly um, e- even with, with fire um, is it's going to be safe for people when they're in there um, what sort of flooding risk do you have um, what sort of power redundancy do you have and especially in South Africa the power redundancy is so topical so, critical yeah um, how much is that facility affected by load shedding? Um, what sort of backup power do they have? Um, so most data centers will have very large diesel generators as their, as their backup power, uh, which comes with a lot of benefits, but running for days and days on, on diesel generator gets very expensive. So yeah. how, what's going to happen with that bill? How's it going to come through? And then, um, I think getting, when you're on the tour, getting a feel for their, their, uh, check-in procedures, how confidential they are. Okay, obviously, so the security component, yeah, the physical the, security component. Yeah, okay. And then uh, confidentiality. So, um, 
you your competitors might be in the same building so or your clients you might not want them to know exactly where your computer kits are so making sure that um confidentiality is maintained as much as possible obviously it's a security risk for your critical it systems um and then, uh, and like I said, the the price point. So, and making sure you understand what the models are, because there's a few ways of being caught, and you can end up with expensive bills at the end of the month. That's actually why I asked the question, because um, you know sometimes uh, you, you know understanding the commercial model is is critical, because you know I might I might get a cheap sp- space that's available, but the security might not be that good. Yeah. Um, or I might get a a very 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 secure. Um, offering, but uh, the pricing is just uh, not affordable. So that that was part of the reason why why I mentioned that. Um, perception wise, uh, you know, when we talk about this, it sounds like this is only for the for the big bo- the big uh, corporates and the international companies and stuff like that. For, uh, as my SME business, do I do I look at a data center? Well, I think when it comes to size of business, you know, a, a good example uh, for me is if, if you think about flying. So only very, very big companies can afford their own planes and have sort of private jets. Okay. Um, but for for most of us, then we can, we can rent a, a seat on the plane for our once a month or twice a week that we need to, to make use of it. So being able to find a professional company that's put in all the redundancy, has economies of scale and flying commercial and all you do is pay for your single use is is generally a better strategy. So I would say the smaller companies the comparison would be getting a microlight to get down to Durban. You know, uh, is it something you really want to do your own? It's probably dangerous. It's not going to be that cost effective. And once the dust settles and you actually realize what, what it's going to cost you, much better just to get a, a ticket on a plane and, and you know, you're going to get there. I love and that. And they've got energy. a lot of, re- they've got multiple engines. Uh, the pilots are professionally trained. The, you've got someone bringing you peanuts. And So, so if I only have, Three or four servers. I'm still a candidate to to put that infrastructure in a data center. I would I would say from one server. From one server. Yeah. Okay. I would, you know, to it, the the smaller it, the more of it is, the smaller it is in your business, the more of a distraction it is, and and it can be so critical. You and know? probably the like more critical it your is, accounting yes. system off at the wrong time of the month, and your staff don't get paid, or your suppliers don't get paid. Um, you know the and. An outage in a data center space is extremely costly to the business and it's extremely frowned upon, you know. So an IT manager could keep a, a, an, a, a bunch of servers up for 10 years. No one says anything. They're down for half an hour at the wrong half an hour and everyone knows about it. So mistakes are penalized quite, quite heavily. And even on the, on the bigger side of things, you know, the, so the, the three biggest companies in the world when it comes to data center space is Microsoft, Amazon, and Google. Um, probably about 50% of the data center space in the world, uh, is managed by them, owned by them. Uh, but even those three big companies, um, in the smaller regions like South Africa is not something that they do themselves. So even they outsource it. Yeah. So you'll, you'll see Microsoft has launching data centers. It's not a data center that they own. They've outsourced it to someone else. They find someone else who's building an even bigger data center. They can take 
hundreds of thousands of servers and they buy in a portion of that. Okay. So even for the very large companies, you, you know, the, the main thing is because the cost of connectivity has become so reasonable, you don't need to be in the same building anymore. And I think we saw that with COVID. People could do most of the work that they do without being in the same building. Now yeah. we need to be in the same building to have good human interaction, not, not to have a good computer experience. Yeah. In fact, most probably if you, if you have your, um, your server infrastructure in in that dark little office in your in your own office, it's it's probably made your life difficult over the past two years because mm. it's just sure it's very hard to and a money sink. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, th- I think from that perspective, in the in the catalytic world, I I I haven't thought of it like that. But what you said now, I think even for for uh, and come to think of it, if if a company only has one server that server is probably a lot more critical for them than a big corporate that has hundreds of servers because that one server sort of runs everything uh, yeah, it's like a swiss army knife it does everything for them um and and um if you understand the the importance of that that's probably it should be front of mind for you to say how do i get this into a secure specialized facility where the environment is of such a nature that that um, that server has got its best chance of of surviving another three or five years, however long you're sweating it. Yeah. So, um, so Brad, we always um, end off then in saying, "Let's make it real." You mentioned um, you mentioned that uh, people should come and check out a facility. So, so how do people understand what Ultra DC offers? How do we make it real? Um, so, best way always to come see us. You can go to the website, ultradc.co.za. Um, you can request a site tour if you'd like to come through and have a look. Um, we don't, we don't, uh, widely disclose the location. There's no real reason to, to widely advertise where your data centers are. And it is a security risk. Um, and basically, uh, what we offer is a, is a safe, dependable home for your for your computer kit um making sure that the environment is well taken care of and well suited to the to the server's environment you know uh something like uh, even uh humidity in the air can be dangerous for for computers and if it's very very dry like it is in winter in the high fault uh, you get static build up and you can get short circuits and then obviously if it's very humid you can get condensation and damage computer kits in other ways so so there's so many things to consider to make sure that your your computer kit is well maintained and gets gives you long useful life out of it okay cool so um i think the 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 invite then is uh if you own one server or a hundred or a thousand um Send a send a, a, a request to info at ultradc.co.za or visit the website ultradc.co.za and um, let Brad come and show you around and and um, um, show you how safe your your server infrastructure can be. Great, Brad. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Jacko. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And um, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please visit 